This is the Falcon Twin Podcast from falcontwin.com. I'm Brendan, and this is commentary for pages 272 to 282. Page 272, Chapter 6, Butcher. So now that Chapter 6, Butcher is over, people who've been reading Falcon Twin can probably guess what it was referring to. And as I've mentioned before, this is one of the first chapter opening pages that actually looks more like an actual chapter opening page instead of just being a big establishing shot of some location. Here we have Sydney and Mika, who are, of course, the two butchers in this chapter, just in case you were too obtuse to understand that. And a very strange-looking design, characters that don't mean anything around the outer border. And a design that was really, at least Mika, was really heavily influenced by Elfin Lead, which I was watching at the time. If you haven't seen Elfin Lead, it's this Japanese anime about girls who are being born with horns on their head and 20-foot-long invisible arms that they can use to rip people to pieces. And much ripping of people to pieces ensues. In fact, the first five minutes of the show is basically like 30 guys just getting killed all in a row. And it's actually kind of funny to watch. At any rate, that was a significant influence on this page, particularly Mika here. And also, it has a little bit more of a sort of dramatic, traditional comic book cover look where you've got sort of a strange composition with all the characters. Page 273. Treat every question as if it's loaded. So, kind of a lame establishing shot here in the first panel. About the only thing that's worthy of note in it is that you can see Tresca's headbands to indicate that she's out here listening to this conversation. You don't actually see her in the strip until a couple of pages from now. But that's the point. It's after she presumably went and got changed, she followed the... well, she didn't follow them back, but she went to the police station to hang out and see if she could figure out what was going on with Mika, and is now here listening to this conversation that Mika's having with the police girl, who's asking questions that are really mostly just rhetorical, but instead actually expects an answer. And so Mika goes ahead and answers it, and a fairly straightforward little bit of conversation here. Page 273, why you throw a book? That's a reference to a joke on the Shack News forums about why you throw a chip. Here's Mika once again with her knack for saying things that tend to get her in trouble. Uh, in this case, telling the truth when really the truth is not what the person she's having a conversation with wants to hear. Even though the police girl clearly isn't up to the task of handling Sydney, she still sort of feels the need to assert her authority here. Part of the reason that she's being sort of hard on Mika here is mainly just to make it a little bit more acceptable with what Sydney's about to do to her because if she were just all nice and happy and then Sydney came in and massacred her first of all it wouldn't make any sense because Sydney generally doesn't kill people without some sort of reason and also it would have made people hate Sydney even more than they already kind of do so I had to make her a little bit sort of unfair to Mika which somewhat justifies what Sydney does and also justifies Mika's reaction to it in a few pages and of course on the second to last panel here there are the two thuds which much like in chapter one indicate that bad shit is about to go down and Mika notices it the police girl doesn't and page 275 knife to see you again very nice pun in the title which you know when in doubt go with the pun because it's always funny so in burst Sydney a lot of people really didn't expect to see her again so soon but she's back takes out police girl stabs Mika in the stomach and that's it for her some people didn't really seem to realize that Mika had been stabbed in the stomach here. I thought it was fairly obvious, but I guess it wasn't until the next page that people really clearly understood what was going on. I also didn't specifically show Sydney's face, just 
I don't know, because I could, and it seemed kind of a pretentious thing to do. I think part of the idea is that because Sydney comes in and does her thing by taking out the police girl and taking out Mika so quickly, that the idea was that no one really had time to even react to who it was. Just somebody came into the room, and it was this faceless figure. Until page 266, when things slow down a little bit, Mika gets a chance to look at Sydney. Now, I should say the title of this page does kind of suck, even though it is a pun. And so in this case, anyone who had any doubts about what happened to Mika had those doubts removed. Now you can see that Sydney stabbed her and is saving her for last. Down Mika goes, and Sydney's going to have her fun with the police girl, who all of a sudden doesn't seem nearly as tough as she did about three pages ago. And of course, this now at this point, the people who were thinking that the police girl was going to be a recurring character were starting to get a little bit nervous, and you could tell. And that was funny. And Sydney is really sort of pissed off at the police girl, mainly... Not so much about being an actual threat, but basically just for interfering. In Sydney's world, anyone who interferes with her is pretty much volunteering for death because Sydney doesn't have to put up with their bullshit. And the fact that people are going to try to make her put up with their bullshit is something that frustrates her to no end, which is why she goes so completely nuts on the police girl. Page 277. Alas, poor Michael, we hardly knew ye. That's a reference to the dead policemen outside. Michael, John and Michael are references to two characters in uh, in another story, but I'm not going to say which. And so here's Sydney going on her little tirade about the police girl. And you'll notice that Mika doesn't react too particularly strongly to Sydney's suggestion that she's going to skin police girl alive. Tresca does, but Mika's sort of indifferent to it, partly because of her own situation and partly because of, well, you'll see. So the police girl is now, of course, in a state of panic and is begging for help, but it's too late. The other policeman was killed. I really like the blood in the last panel on this page. It's, I think, some of the best-looking blood as far as, like, actual blood on surfaces goes in Falcon Twin. It looks really... The, the blood on the floor, not so much the blood on the guy's neck and chest, which doesn't actually look all that good now that I'm looking at it, but the blood on the floor really does kind of look like blood on, on the floor, at least to me, and I like that a lot page 278. So we've skipped a little bit of time here, and Sydney's busy stripping the skin off the police girl. She never really intended to actually skin her fully, because, you know, that would take a long time, and she's really not that patient. Moreover, it doesn't really need to be done, I mean, as long as she makes her suffer a lot. You can also see that Sydney gouged out the police girl's eye, which, again, I guess, again, lends further support to the person's theory that I have an eye fetish, but still, no. It's just, you know, a terrible thing to do to a person. Now, by this time, I think most people had pretty much figured that this was it for Police Girl. Uh, maybe a few people thought she was going to come back with an eye patch or something, but but no, I think that it was pretty clear. And so here she's begging for help from Mika now, which is kind of ridiculous, but you know, Mika's the only other person in the room, so I guess you know it's better than doing nothing at all. And here Mika sort of goes through her whole reasoning about how she uh, feels about the Police Girl and is not particularly sympathetic, so... When the police girl is begging for help, Mika isn't too receptive. And then she finally tells the police girl to go to hell. Sydney finds this very funny, and the police girl has realized that she's about to die. People reacted very interestingly to Mika saying this. Some people were like, yeah, she deserves to die, that stupid bitch. And other people were very conflicted about it. And that was kind of the idea. You weren't supposed to look at Mika's behavior and go, wow, that's awesome, that's perfect. You know, that's, She really told that police girl where to stick it. You're supposed to look at this, and even given Mika's current situation, supposed to feel a little bit off-put by what Mika says here. And a lot of people understood that. So that's it for police girl. Page 279, handjob. 
So now Sydney's going to go have her fun with Mika. Police girl is completely dead now. And <laughs> I like Sydney's expression as she tosses police girl's cut-off hair and scalp to the side. I didn't put a sound effect in there for the hair landing, although I guess there probably wouldn't have been a place for it because it'd have to happen in between panels two and three. Police girl really looks like a mess in the first panel, which, you know, is kind of the idea. It's unclear what specifically Sydney did to kill her. I suppose it maybe just could be from blood loss or from, you know, being scalped, but you don't really see any specific fatal wound, but, you know, she's very dead. And so Sydney is a little bit surprised at Mika's behavior about condemning the police officer the way that she did, because Sydney sort of expected that Mika was some, well, as she says, some sort of do-gooder. But in fact, she's sort of impressed and surprised and really rather amused at Mika's having said that. But that doesn't mean she's not going to, you know, torture her. So she finds out that Mika's hand is better because, of course, Sydney knows that Mika injures her hand when she uses this blast. She's observant enough to see it. And if you were watching the last fight, you should have seen it too. So anyways, she stabs Mika through the hand. Now that Mika's actually suffering, Tresca reacts to this and, and takes off part of, you know, and people were upset that Tresca didn't get in and interfere, but Tresca really can't get in and interfere. And this is something that Tresca's dealing with, the fact that she is not, even though she's tough, she's not unstoppable, and she knows that she can't fight Sydney, and that's something that's really bothering her, and that's the reason she's crying in the second-to-last panel on this page, and then finally takes off to go get Evan and Annika, which was implied, and, and people didn't seem to understand that, but yeah, that's where she went to go. Page 280. So Sydney decides to have her fun with Mika. Now, this is something that I mentioned in the last podcast, is that Sydney's not really happy and laughing and bubbly and smiling. For real here, this is just an act that she's putting on. Some people thought she was just really completely insane, and she wasn't. She, this is something that she's doing to emphasize or enhance Mika's suffering, and so she's doing this let's play a game girly sort of thing in order to add insult to injury, what she's doing to Mika, literally in this case. And so some of her expressions are particular. I really like panel three with Sydney. She looks sort of weird in some of the other ones. Panel five is all right, too, I guess. But panel three is really good. And Sydney doesn't genuinely smile that much. This is not a real smile from her. This is a put-on smile. Page 281. So now Sydney, having had her fun, starts to realize that she missed an opportunity, which is somewhat indicated by her expression in panels two and panel three kicks Mika to the side and walks out. And if you look in the last panel on this page, you can see that Sydney really did a number on all the people elsewhere in the police station. You can see there's blood all over the place, presumably from John and Michael, who were referenced a couple of pages back. I don't know how big the police station is. I don't know how she actually managed to get through it without someone having screamed or yelled or something. But you know what? That's how she rolls. She's just that good because she can do that sort of thing. Page 282. So here we have Mika in her, what she thinks are her last moments, looking through the hole in her hand as the world behind kind of fades out. Her arm drops. Some people don't understand what the thump in panel three was. Her left arm is dropping to the ground as after she's looked through it to see the light coming through the hole in her hand. And here she goes on, and, and you, you can see some of the conflict she's had, even though in some ways her life is better here in this other world. She's still sort of, when it comes right down to it, at least at this point, still just wants to go home and be with her friends and family, uh, or her friend and family. 
And so in the last two panels here, you can start to see Mika's vision going. And then the final dialogue in the last panel starts to not make any sense because Mika's in that sort of stage of consciousness where her mind is trying to form thoughts, but they're not really coming together. And so, you know, you hear these clomp sounds, which are Tresca's boots running towards her. And, you know, something says shoes in her mind, but then her mind just kind of goes off on the whole shoes thing. So she starts making rhymes. Shoes, snooze, schmooze, choose, choose, shoes, shoes, shoes. And then, you know, tells someone to go check on Yumiko. In this case, she's actually talking about herself. She's not talking about Yumiko, but, but her mind is sort of so fragmented now that she can't really form coherent thoughts as she's you know, almost completely blanked out. And so this was an interesting scene, and, and people really reacted strongly to it. And I was happy for that, because that's the whole point, is that you're supposed to react strongly to this particular scene. And you're not really supposed to be thrilled about anything that happened in it. People who liked the police girl were upset that she died. People who thought that Mika was this wonderful person were a little bit upset at her behavior. And people who thought that Sydney was sort of a bitch just confirmed those suspicions. So in... in in a way, everyone kind of did exactly what they were supposed to do in reaction to the scene. The thing about trying to induce negative reactions in people who are reading the comic is that sometimes people confuse their dislike for the characters and what they're doing in the situation with dislike for the comic. And so it's, it's a, I guess, an interesting fine line to walk where you, know, you want to piss people off because you want them to look at this and say, man, this is fucked up, it shouldn't be like this but you don't want them to think that that's indicative of the entire comic being screwed up because that's not the point. I'm not condoning all this and saying this is wonderful. I'm saying actually this is kind of messed up and you're supposed to think that, but that's not necessarily how everyone reacted. Anyways, that's it for Police Girl and Mika's about to black out. What's going to happen to her? Well, if you've read the comic, you already know, but I'll talk about it for your listening entertainment and pleasure on the next exciting installment of the Falcon Twin Podcast. So there.